Welcome to the St. Mary AME Church Weekly Podcast. I'm the Reverend James T. Taylor. We are located at 600 South Salem Street in Apex, North Carolina. Currently, we are not in the church building, but we are having service at 10 a.m. each Sunday on Zoom. The Zoom ID is 694-664-2392. Passcode is St. Mary AME lowercase under St. Mary AME morning worship service. Come and go with us as we gather strength and direction from the Word of God. We're getting ready to start our Sunday morning worship service, so let us, uh, a call to worship is, O come, let us sing to the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the Lord, the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving, let us make a joyful noise to him with song and praise. That comes from Psalms, the 95th uh, Division 1 through 2 verse. Uh, our New Dimension Choir will give us a selection.
Amen. We recognize and understand that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. At this time, we ask that Reverend Cross come and lead us to the throne of grace. Reverend Cross. Let every heart pray. Father, we just thank you so much that we are alive and well once again. We thank you, God, that you took us through last night as we slumbered and slept. Thank you, God, for raising us up this morning, starting us out on our journey. Please, Father God, forgive us all our sins and thought, word, and deed, and clean us up that we may go before your throne of grace, boldly proclaiming the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask, Father God, that you would bless each family represented here today, bless each household, oh God. Bless each member, dear God. Bless our hearts and, and just renew our spirits within us that we may see you more clearly. Oh God, we thank you for taking us through our bereavement. Thank you all those that have been sick and downtrodden. We ask, God, that you just send your Holy Spirit out right now. Let him soothe those that are still sick and shut in. And those that are yeah. in and those that may be in jail safe all around our city, our town, and the world, oh God. Bless our leadership. We thank you, God, for our pastor that cares about his church. We thank you, God, for our pastor that cares about those that would do business in the church. We ask, God, that you would continue to stay close to you and give us a fresh word from on high. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 And let us, let us continue to keep uh, the Cross family in prayer and uh, the sisters, the brothers, the children, the grandchildren, and the mothers and all because we know that uh, the some people think the highlight of the funeral is the funeral, but the yeah. grieving process starts really after the service. So re let us reach out and give them a call of encouragement we know that you're absent from the body, you're present from the Lord, but we also understand that we are flesh and we have had a connection with this person that's no longer in our midst and they will be missed. So let us continue to uh, uphold the family in prayer. And also let's continue to pray for uh, Brother Hen and his wife and uh, uh, Mother, uh, Mother Gilbert and her family and the church family and all the families uh, that we know of. And let us pray for our community, knowing that we're getting closer to an election. Uh, and so let us pray for our leaders that God will continue to show his power and might through this whole process. Are there any other announcements? Uh, Sister Cross, uh, you sent me something. Would you elaborate on that? About the about, voting? Uh, the voting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, the missionaries will be uh, wanted some volunteers to help bag 1,000 bags. For, uh, they're going to choose a poll in somewhere in Raleigh, and they wanted volunteers to help. So there is a link on, um, on the website that I sent. The, when I sent out the message, there is a link. And you can join uh, in to say, you know, what you can do that day. I'll probably volunteer for something. I don't know, maybe it's packing the bags. Because uh, I don't know. I didn't work the polls this year because of COVID. So uh, I, I may just help to pack the bags. So I don't know where we're going to meet to pack those bags. So uh, as many can volunteer, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, and this is to give people back give the community back something for going being at the polls to vote. And also, my niece had a set of twins on the day that uh, Sister Joanne died, on the 20th, Man. and they both weighed under three pounds. Mm. Uh, she 
just had a baby in January, and now she has a set of twins. And the little girl's heart, uh, night before last, stopped beating, and they were able to revive her. So uh, she had a girl and a boy, and they're under two pounds. They're under three pounds. But if you all would continue to pray for those babies and the mom and that family, it's my Denise. She used to come to church, but she just she had two sets of babies in one year. So she had the twins and she had a little girl in January, and they had to take these babies because they were uh, having problems. So I want the church to pray for them. Okay. Are there any other announcements? Just, just one thing, uh, Reverend Taylor, if you will. Now that we got a little bit more people on the line, I'd like to thank St. Mary for, for pitching in and sending us cards and, and those things y'all did to help Mama and us out with Joanne's uh, passing and, and just sending us food and stuff. We really greatly appreciate it. Mama was very pleased, and, and we had a good time at the church, and we had a good time afterwards. So y'all just contributed to all that, and I really want to express my appreciation for my sister and, and my mama. Mama, did she didn't go to the funeral because she was unable to, but she was really blessed and pleased. So thank y'all very much. Amen. Keep in mind, if anything we can do outside of what we've already done, please let us know. Yes, sir. Thank okay. you, Okay. Our scripture lesson this morning will come from the book of Mark, the fifth chapter and the 21st verse. And again, I have chosen to use the uh, contemporary English version, which reads a little bit different, but sometimes we get so used to the NIV that I think it's good to just change up a little bit. Okay, it reads like this. Once again, Jesus got into the boat and crossed Lake Galilee. Then as he stood on the shore, a large crowd gathered around him. The person in charge of the Jewish meeting place was also there. His name was Jairus, and when he saw Jesus, he went over to him, and he knelt at Jesus' feet and started begging him for help. He said, My daughter is about to die. Please come and touch her so that she will get well and live. Jesus went with Jairus. Many people followed along and kept crowding around. In the crowd was a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. She had gone to many doctors, and they had not done anything except cause her a lot of pain. She had paid them all the money she had, but instead of getting better, she only got worse. The woman had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him in the crowd and barely touched his clothes. She had said to herself, if I can just touch his clothes, I will get well. And as soon as she touched them, her bleeding stopped, and she knew she was well. At that moment, Jesus knelt over, felt power go out from him. He turned to the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, Look at all these people crowding around you. How can you ask who touched you? But Jesus turned to see who had touched him. The woman knew what had happened to her. She came shaking with fear and knelt down in front of Jesus. Then she told him the whole story. Jesus said to the woman, You are now well because of your faith. May God give you peace. You are healed and you will no longer be in pain. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from Jairus' home and said, Your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher anymore? Jesus heard and what they said 
And he said to Jairus, don't worry, just have faith. Jesus did not let anyone go with him except Peter and the two brothers, James and John. They went with him and Jairus and saw the people crying and making a loud noise. Then Jesus went inside and said to them, why are you crying and carrying on like this? The child isn't dead. She is just asleep. But the people laughed at him. And Jesus had sent them all out of the house. He took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples and went to where she was. He took the 12-year-old girl by the hand and said, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. The girl got right up and started walking around. Everyone was greatly surprised, but Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Then he said, give her something to eat. The word of God for the people of God. And of course, that will be our foundational text this morning as we move forward in our worship experience. At this time, we'll ask that Brother Silas will give us a solo. And from there, we will proceed on in our worship experience. Brother Silas. church um <clears throat> the song i'm gonna render this morning is gonna be very short very sweet pass the power on what's going on in the world today with this pandemic i'm going to stay under the blood i'm gonna stay under
Amen. Thank you, Brother Silas. It's so appropriate knowing that we need to remain under the blood of Jesus Christ because by his stripes we are healed and we claim the blood. There are churches that refuse to talk about the blood of Jesus, but that's where the power is in the blood that he shed for us on Calvary's hill. And we need to stay under the blood. Uh, let us pray. That the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Lord, let my, the words out of my mouth, let it be glory unto you that someone will be drawn even closer to who you are and walk according to what you have called us and how to walk. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning I want to use for a topic. You trust me enough to walk with me. This is a challenging and exciting text to preach. There are actually two separate incidences in these verses that can actually stand by themselves. However, most often than not, the two encounters are ordinarily combined in a teaching or in a preaching effort alone. My focus will be upon the first contact with Jesus and briefly touch upon the interruption uh, along the way. I'm feeling we need to give some attention to the importance of an interruption in our spiritual life. In our text, we are quickly introduced to a man by the name of Jairus. He was a religious man who had, who had many religious responsibilities among his people. The scripture tells us that Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue, a, a holy man, one that believed in God. This was a man that was acquainted with problems such as his own. There were many from his synagogue over the years that I'm sure he had tried to comfort and to love on. Many in his synagogues over the years, they, they, they called him and, and he visited with them while they were sick uh, and when they had accidents and, and tragedy struck their lives. He had made many home visits, I'm sure, over the years to welcome new members into the congregation as, and also share with them in the process of their grief. We find this is a well-respected leader focused and and he faces now a real tragedy of his own in his own house the bible calls us to our attention that his daughter lay sick in bed i'm sure he had the best medical service i'm sure if there was a primary care physician he had already made the diagnosis they had tried everything they knew to do but the doctors that found it said it's no use. She is dying. There's nothing else we can do. Any parent that has ever had a child that's sick knows what emotional toll that takes. He may have questioned God or even blamed God for his misfortune. A feeling of anger mixed with self-pity. I can feel the anguish of this father. I can only imagine that the many mixed emotions he must have been wrestling with. He wanted to scream and holler, but not knowing who to scream and holler at. A feeling of helplessness and, and yet a great desire to do something, but not knowing what to do. Even to begin to think, God, I have been serving you the best 
And now look what happens in my house. In this anguish, this leader, he now remembered that there was a, a young rabbi he had heard so much about. This rabbi had, had been turning the Pharisees and the scribes' viewpoint of religion upside down. He remembered hearing about this young rabbi that has been teaching in the, in the local synagogues and, and drawing huge crowds. Matter of fact, the whole city had just attended one of his teaching sessions. He remembered have, having heard of this man, that this man had the power to heal. He had healed a man with a withered hand. And of course, there was a tale about an insane man that lived among the tombs. They said that this rabbi Jesus healed him. He heard the story about a wedding where this rabbi turned water into wine. Whether he is a true prophet or he is just a make-believe man, Jairus didn't know. All he knew was that his daughter was sick and he needed help. I'm not sure how Jairus knew about how to find Jesus on this particular day. Uh, but he had a tremendous need. Jesus just got off of a ship crossing the Sea of Galilee and, and great crowds were around him. And they said that it is obvious that Jesus was at the height of his popularity. Jesus was still standing on the banks of the sea. Word has begun to spread quickly that Jesus had returned. Perhaps many have been there waiting by the banks of the sea, waiting for the return of the Son of the living God. Our text makes it appear that Jesus, he, that Jarius came upon Jesus suddenly. He stumbled across Jesus. He had no time to think about what he was going to ask him or how to formulate his words. He fell to the feet of Jesus and began to plead. My little girl is sick and, and close to death. Uh, come with me to my house. Lay your hands on her and I know she will be healed. Not perhaps she will be healed. Not maybe she will be healed. But he made a positive uh, comment that I know she will be healed. I'm sure this father had probably rehearsed in his mind what he was going to say. Uh, to be to be nice and polite uh, and when he came to Jesus. Uh, but as we know that 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 dignity and dignity goes out of the window when we come face to face with Jesus. There is no way to be dignified with tears streaming down on your face. Uh, and when you're on your knees begging for help, um, I understand on Sunday mornings when there is someone shouting and going on. I understand when you begin to praise God. When I see those trying to praise God in a dignified manner. I, I don't criticize them. They just have not met Jesus face to face yet in the midst of their storms. But, but baby, just keep on living. There will come a time in your life that, that you will not be concerned about how you look and what other folk will say about your praise because when you need Jesus, you need Jesus in a way that nobody else can understand because because it is your need. Oh, when you begin to beg Jesus for help and he delivers you, <laughs> you can't help but give him a radical praise. You can't help 
but give him an ugly praise. Uh, uh, when your bills got paid and you didn't know how you were going to pay your bills. Uh, when your children were delivered. Uh, when sickness was healed. Uh, you realize that God's grace is sufficient to handle your condition. You will be just like Jarius. You will fall down and worship him. It is in this man's faith that compelled Jesus to follow. Notice that as soon as Jairus spoke his faith, <laughs> Jesus was attracted by that faith and went with him to heal her. Isn't it interesting that the text does not record that Jesus even spoke a word to this father in need? As you look at the text in verse 24, he said, Jesus went with him. Most of us did not even catch that significance of this, these initial words that begin in that verse. Initially, our faith when we are first saved is mirrored in these verses. We start out on our Christian journey simply warning Jesus to come with us. We almost view him like a, a omnipresent bloody God and a, a bloody God follows us around. A body God makes sure no danger comes to us. A body God will move funny acting folk out your way. A body God will protect you and take care of business for you. And the text says, and Jesus went with him. Jairus was must, Jairus must have been feeling good at this point. In the midst of this dynamic walk, there came an interruption. As he and Jairus and the disciples were making their way through the multitude, a woman came upon Jesus and secretly touched the hem of his garment. This was a touch of faith. Jesus turned and asked, who touched me? His disciples said to him, Lord, you see this huge crowd of people that's pressing against you on all sides. So how can you ask who touched you? Everyone is, is touching you, but, but Jesus said, this touch ha, is a different touch ha, because I felt the virtue, I felt the power come out of my body. Someone paraphrased it by saying, someone has made a demand upon Jesus's ability. Now put yourself in the Father's place. Ha. He has desperately made his way through the crowds, to Jesus, to beg him to come and heal his daughter, who is at death's door. Obviously, he wanted Jesus to be in a hurry and come quickly as possible because there is no time to lose. She could die at even given moment. Then on the way, some woman sneaks up behind Jesus and by the act of faith, makes a demand upon his ability. As Jesus stops to minister to her, Jairus is left standing there to watch the scene and think within himself, is this fair? This woman has been sick for 12 years, but, but my daughter is dying right now. He could have said that. Uh, I came to Jesus first. You know how we are. 
we, we, we think first in line is, is the first to be served, but this is not Burger King. This is not Golden Corral. This is not the barbershop. Because you know in the barbershop, when you leave and come back, you lose your place. He should come with me and, and he should heal my daughter huh? and then get back to this woman. Besides, she is unclean. She doesn't even belong here. Because in the Levitical law, she should have been stoned because she was unclean. Uh, and she should not have come out in the public. Uh, but he could have said, I don't understand why he messing with this woman. But, but I'm so glad uh, that there are interruptions in our lives. Uh, we, we wonder what, what, what goes on sometimes. Uh, but God provides interruptions. Oh, yeah, yeah, interruptions where you, you, you think everything is smooth sailing, but there comes interruptions. Interruptions are not sent to harm us, but to help us. I'm trying to welcome interruptions as a potential gift of God. After all, God has a much better plan for your day than you do. This interruption in the life of Jarius will be used to elevate his faith to another level. This woman that interrupted the, the previous schedule had been suffering for 12 long years, uh, spent all her money on a physician, uh, and the Bible says that, that she even grew worse. Uh, here Jesus was taking out precious time with this social outcast. I'm so glad that Jesus deal with people on the social outcast that lives on the margins of society. We as folk sometimes live on the margin of society. There are folk who look at us and wonder how in the world we got where we got because it was because of Jesus that he takes time and deal with the outcast. Those that said that you would never amount to anything, those that said you're going to be just like your daddy. Those that said you're going to be just like your mama. But Jesus, he takes time to come and minister to those huh, on the margins of society. He takes time to let everybody know huh, that everybody is special. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter where you work. Huh. It doesn't matter who you know. Jesus loves us all. He has started going through it along. Huh, and, and Jairus' response, he responded in faith. On the way, he stopped and he ministered to this poor woman in response to her faith. <laughs> This tells us that, that Jesus is not concerned about your money. He's not concerned about your position. He's not concerned about your power. Because when a child of God needs Jesus, he makes a way. All he is looking for is someone with enough faith. Let me say that again. All he's looking for... It's someone with enough faith. This woman was healed because of her faith. Can you only imagine how Jerry's spirit moved when, 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 when he saw that his woman was healed? As he witnessed the healing, which was miraculous. Now, he felt maybe now his daughter huh, will get healed. 
but Satan will not allow us to enjoy good news for long. Uh, a message is on the way that will burst Jairus' bubble, that will literally rock his world. As Jesus is talking with a woman, a messenger comes to Jairus from his house to tell him that your daughter had died. So there is no reason, hallelujah, to trouble the master any further. Jesus Here's what the messenger told Jairus. And immediately he turns to this now shocked father, this now upset father, and says to him, be not afraid, <laughs> only believe. In other words, what Jesus was saying, don't panic. He was telling the man to act just as he had been acting before he received the bad news. I'm here to tell you that when you get bad news from the doctor, keep on lifting up holy hands and let the world know that I will praise him in the middle of this situation. That what you told me don't change where I'm at because I serve a God. He is a healer. I serve a God that he is a deliverer. So I'm going to keep on acting just like I didn't get the bad news. I'm going to do my dance. I'm, you can make it look at the daughter and say, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I know a man, I know a man that hung on Calvary's hill, and on the third day, he arose from the dead. I'm putting my faith and my trust in that man. I'm not going to be afraid, because I'm walking with him, and he, he's following me, and he's walking with me each and every day of my life. Uh, bad report is the bad report is given, and, 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 and but soon as Jesus heard it, that's what I like about this here. When folk bring you bad news, when when you you get bad news from oh your job, or bad news from your family, bad news from your friend, huh? Remember, remind yourself that Jesus heard it too. <laughs> oh yeah, he's been eavesdropping on your conversation. He's been eavesdropping on your walk. So it does not catch him by surprise. But he addressed this thing. He said, be not afraid. Only believe. Can I kind of hang my hat right here for just a few short minutes? This is where all too often you and I fail as believers. The word went to write to Jairus as soon as the bad news arrived. When we receive bad news, we spend too much time doing everything else before going to the word of God. We fall out. We cry. We complain. We get on the telephone saying, why me, Lord? Then we are all about breaking. At the breaking point, we go to Jesus. Jesus immediately addressed and comforted Jairus. As far as Jesus was concerned, death was no greater a challenge than sickness. He knew that if he had the power to restore health, he had the power to restore life. That is why we, he told Jairus not to panic. So I stopped by to ask you this morning, do you trust him enough to let him walk with you? Do you trust 
him enough to, to let him sit at the table with you? Do you trust him enough to take that you take him to your job? Uh, uh, come on and, and go what and, and be like Juris. What do you do when our situation goes from bad to worse? What do you do when your marriage goes from bad to worse? What do you do when your job goes from bad to worse? What do you do when your children go from bad to worse? What do you do when your finances go from bad to worse? What do you do when the changes go from bad to worse? I can hear Jesus. Jesus is asking us this morning, do you trust me enough uh, to walk with me? Do you, do, do you, will you allow me in the word of God to minister to you? Will you let the word of God penetrate your heart? And, 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 and this thing, though it goes bad to worse, uh, you can still hold on. I can hear Jesus saying this morning, Jairus, uh, I heard the same report as you did, uh, but do you trust me to walk with me? Obviously, Jerry's mental and emotional attitude had a great deal to do with what happened next. The same is true with us. When the Lord tells us not to be afraid and not to panic, he's not saying that the negative situations we are facing are not real. They are real. Just that the situation of Jerry's daughter was real. His daughter was dead. That is, uh, that is about as real as it gets. Jesus did not deny the reality of the situation, but he did indicate by his word and his action that it was not the ultimate of fine or final reality. The first thing that Jairus had to understand was the fact that Jesus does not do funerals. <laughs> Jesus was ready to continue walking to the home of this man. And now I'm sure the grieving father was saying that Jesus does not do funerals. He was traveling in the city of Nun and he ran upon a funeral possession. A mother, she was a widow, already had lost her husband and now she was in the process of burying her son. Jesus stopped the funeral possession and touched the boy on the hand and told him to rise up. You remember Lazarus, don't you? Being in the grave for four long days. Not sure why Jesus hung around the outskirts of towns where families were mourning. But he approached the tomb and said, Lazarus, Come forth. Jesus does not do funerals. He went right on toward Jairus' house. Just he had been doing before the bad report came. He had started out with Jairus in response to his faith. And he didn't intend to stop now. Just because the physical circumstances has changed. Jesus did not tell this man, too bad Jairus, if this woman had not stopped man. We might have made it in time. He must not have been the will of God that your daughter be healed. If he had been his will, she still would still be alive today. I'm sorry, but it's just too late for me to do anything about this now, so I may as well be on my way. That is not what Jesus said, and that is not what Jesus did. He went right on toward Jairus, and he began to act as 
though nothing has happened. Church, I'm here to tell you that, that you got to live your life. When bad situations come, you need to act like nothing has happened. You need to let the world know that I will lift my eyes until the hill which cometh my help. And my help comes from the Lord. Jesus is saying, do you trust me enough to walk with me? Look at verse 24. And Jesus went with him. Things don't look good for this father. News just arrived that the rock has that rock has, has rocked this world. And after the news had come, Jesus suffered a man to follow him. Did you catch this? Jairus was initially in charge. Follow me to my house. Jairus was in charge. Now everyone was required to follow Jesus. There is a, a flip in the script. Initially, Jairus was leading Jesus. But when the flip in the script comes, Jesus, hallelujah, is now leading Jairus. And, and, and you need to understand that not everyone was required to follow Jesus. No, no one knew only about his, his, his own, his, his, his immediate circle. He asked them to come. Our faith does not escalate until we begin to follow Jesus. Jesus went with him. Now that they must follow Jesus, Jairus was in charge initially. Oh yeah, you were in charge of your life initially, but when you gave your life to Jesus, he is now in charge of your life. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. I'm so glad Glad. We need to ask ourselves, do you trust him enough to walk with him? Do you trust him enough to walk with this man called Jesus? I heard the news. I heard the report. But do you trust me enough to walk with me? I'm going to keep on walking to your house. Do you trust me enough to walk with me? I'm going to keep on going in spite of the bad report. Do you trust me enough to walk with me. Just Jesus said everybody else, go on back home, except Peter, James, and, and John. Everybody can't go with you, church. Let me, let me, let me, let me pause right here. You can't take everybody with you. Let that thing sink in. You can't take everybody with you. Only a few can go with you. Because you don't need no naysayers. You don't need no doubters. You don't need somebody reminding you about what you did last week or what you did yesterday. You need somebody to be in, in constant belief with you. And that's why every now and then you got to cut the cord. You got to tell folks, I love you, baby. But this, this trip... You can't ride with me on this trip because you just is not where you should be. And I can't let nothing stand in the way of Jesus getting to me. So here we see the end of this fast-paced narrative. Jesus walked into his house, took the dead little girl by his hand and said, little girl, I say unto you, arise. And she did. I want you to know that if you just walk with Jesus in the times of adversity, in the times of storms, and if you refuse to let go of your faith, 
Jesus can and will make ways out of no ways. Do you trust him enough to walk with me? He said, I can resurrect your marriage even though it appears to be dead. Do you trust him enough to walk with him? He said, I can resurrect your finances even though right now you can't, you don't have enough credit to buy a, a pack of bubble gum. Do you trust me enough to walk with me? Your situation may look dead and hopeless, but if you walk with me, do you trust me enough to walk with me? Whatever your eyes see is not what your ultimate reality is. <laughs> do you trust me enough to walk with me? Jesus has another plan for you and your family. Do you trust me enough to walk with me? Don't panic. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't lose your faith. Don't trust your eyes, but walk with faith. Don't listen to the opinions of others, but listen to what God is saying to your very soul. Do you trust me enough to walk with me? Do you trust me when you can't trace me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me when you can't even feel me? Do you trust me when all else, your whole world is falling apart? Do you trust me? Our reply is yes, Lord. I trust you because you did not bring me this far to leave me. And although there may be detours in our life, Although there may be interruptions in our life, let those interruptions grow you stronger in the Lord. Stop focusing on the interruptions. Keep your eye, hallelujah, on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. I trust and believe that something has been said to encourage your heart, to bring you closer to the understanding of who Christ is, that as we move forward, that his love for us will continue to be manifested as we walk with him.
<laughs> That's all right. Amen, amen. Take me to the King. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm so glad that the new Dimension Choir, as they send me these songs, they've 
they fall right in line to where the Lord is leading us. Uh, and that is the most appropriate ending to our worship experience on today is that, yes, take us to the king. And this time we're going to, uh, if there are any other prayer requests, we're going to close in prayer and then we will do the benediction. Is, anybody, is there any other prayer request that, that has not been mentioned thus far? If not, let all hearts and minds uh, go to the throne of grace. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for who you are and thank you that we have been taken to who you are and that you are the king of our life. And God, we just ask again that you stand with the, the Cross family as they go through this transition in their lives and, and go and to the Grady residence and touch Elder Grady and his wife and his family and, and also Sister Henry Bird and, 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 Sister, and Brother Bird and, and also uh, Mother Gilbert and also touch Sister Josephine, Mother Josephine, as, as she goes through the grieving process of, of losing, and I'm not saying losing God, let's say you go through the process of the transitioning of her daughter. Her daughter is not lost. Her daughter has just made a transition to a different realm in which we also will follow one day. Oh God, we ask that you bless all those who have gathered themselves through this service by the way of Zoom and, and touch them at the point of their need because we, God, we know that you are able to do all things but fail. Bless those that as we journey on our week, that as we touch somebody, that the love of Christ that within us may be shared with them. And, and God, we ask that all those that are going through some type of illness, we know, God, that you are able to heal, set free, and deliver. And we claim this in the name of Jesus the Christ. Keep us until we meet again, God, that we will forever give you the praise and that we will continue to walk with you as you lead us on our Christian journey. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. If all hearts and minds are clear, our benediction is, God, you saw it fit for us together in this way to worship you. It is not because we are perfect people, but because you are an awesome God and worthy to be worshipped. Thank you for making us worthy to stand before you to worship you through your son, Jesus the Christ. Lord, as we close this worship experience, may our worship be acceptable before you today. Thank you for the wonderful time we have shared. May we continue in your word and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, we believe and pray, and we give this benediction. Let the church say amen. 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 And amen.